Hey, what's up everybody? It's Joel Madden and this is Artist Friendly from Alternative Press. On today's episode, I'm talking to Josh Katz from Bad Flower. Everybody vapes. That's what you should call the podcast. It actually is one of the working titles is Everybody Vapes. Because <laughs> everyone on the, that comes on here vapes. Yeah. So you were on stage the other night? Yeah. Well, I haven't been sleeping. I've like I've been dealing with some serious insomnia. Okay. Like serious. Hmm. And that was fine in my 20s, but I'm not in my 20s anymore, so it's harder now for you some You look reason. like you're in your 20s. I appreciate that. Thank you. You do. I, I don't try. I just pray. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I'm not sleeping, and, and before one of these shows that we did, it was so bad, I had to nap, which is another thing I don't typically do. Oh, I usually always nap on tour. I get so tired of like that midday. I can't Like nap. right before, it's always like before meet and greet or something where I'm like, I just, I'm going to lay down for an hour and then I wake up an hour and a half later and everybody's waiting and it's terrible. Right. Anyways, go ahead. I can't nap because of what happened to me. So I, I went on stage and I was like, I, th I think the term is dissociating. Mm -hmm. I just wasn't, I, I just wasn't convinced that I was actually there doing that. Wow. I thought I was dreaming. And I was like doing some wacky stuff on stage too. Like I, I pulled a stool out that I saw side stage and I like got on it and stood on it in a really weird wonky way. And everybody's looking at me like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. I'm asleep. It was fun. The audience loved it. Isn't that part of the good, the good part of your job? That I get to do anything I want? Yes. yes. And it kind of works because that, for me as a, as a fan, mm. that part, that kind of feels like your persona. Not that it's something you have to try to be. Yeah. But like doing that kind of stuff feels natural. Like I, if yeah. I saw you do that, I'd be like, oh yeah, he's just doing yeah, I suppose weird so. stuff. I think to the audience it's, it's normal, but to my, my band and crew and everybody on the, you know, on the bus. That lives like, with you. That's new. What's new that one. about? Mm. I'm like, I don't know. Don't ask me. I'm asleep. Why yeah. do you think you have insomnia? Uh, I've always had trouble sleeping. Even when I was a kid. And um, yeah, I don't know. I know that the, when the bus is moving, it's just hard. I can barely sleep in a bed. Right. Let alone like a bus that's... And our driver's great. Sometimes there's a bad driver and you're like... That's you tough dread that. a bad driver. Yeah. It's really tough. A bad driver and you know you're driving through Chicago or something. Mm-hmm. Like looking at that map, like this is going to be awful. There's no way. Yeah. The bad show's going to suck. Bad drivers are weird. It's like... Yeah. Something people don't talk about. Yeah. It can really, really like change a tour. Yeah. When you have a good driver, it's, it, it's the difference. And it's the weirdest thing because most people couldn't relate to that. Like, bad bus driver. Yeah. But it is a real thing. Well, that person is like, that person's responsible for your lives. For all of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. It's and we true. take it for granted most of the time. You just, you get in a bus, you're like, oh, you're the driver. Nice, for nice the next to meet you. eight hours. You're not, you're not like vetting the person at all. You just accept. Your face. Weird, isn't you, it? Are you ever like lying in your bunk and, and it's moving and for some reason it just hits you that you have this realization that somebody is driving a vehicle like 55, 60 miles an hour on the freeway? Like sometimes I have this like mini panic attack. I, I just realize it in the moment and I'm like, we could just, this could be the end. So more than you even could. <laughs> like every night. I can't sleep on buses because of that. Right. I lay in the bunk and go, at any moment, we could, like, this could be it. I'm not, no seatbelt. I'm laying in this bunk. It's the weirdest concept that, like, that you have to wear a seatbelt in a car. Yeah. 
but then bands get in buses and no one fucking cares. It's like, yeah. I, I guess technically you're supposed to be sitting up front where there are seatbelts. Because I think on buses, there's actually supposed to be a seatbelt for every person. I think that's... Really? Yeah. And all the couches, if you look, there are seatbelts. You can pull them out. Really? Yeah. For I sure there are. I've never heard... I've actually never researched, and I probably never will, what what a bus crash is like for a band don't. a bunk. Yeah. I don't, don't. want... I don't You'll want never... That. You won't be able to tour. But that's also why I'm like second-guessing the bunk belt because in I, fact I almost, like all the bands like listening worse. i guarantee you there's bands listening to this right now and they're like rethinking like how yeah, they, they how just they tour they opened a tab right now and they're googling stories <laughs> don't do it if you're out there listening don't do it especially if you have dreams of being in a band don't research don't. also if you have dreams you of being in that? a band just don't do you research like terrible things when you're when you yeah, think about it of course <laughs> I stay away from them. I don't. I don't want to look. No. I'd rather not know. Yeah, I do. I I regret it, but I do. It's kind of. It's like pretty dangerous. I'm ready. To, I'm, this is probably our last show. I'm gonna quit after this. <laughs> now I'm terrified. I don't want to get back in the. Bus. I'm glad you came on here. Yeah, it's really good that you came on here. Yeah, this is my resignation. Out. If I put my anxiety on a scale of one to ten, mm -hmm. I could say that in general these days. I'm probably at a one or a two. Yeah. You know, but when I was touring, I was probably like con on a constant seven. You know, and I was just talking about this last night. I'm probably at a one or two now too. That's great. So as much as I'm complaining about like panicking in the, in the bunk, it's yeah. not really bad. Right. Better than it was. It's like non-existent compared to how it used to be. When did that change? Um, post, I mean, it was, it, it had progressively been getting better there's like many different stages of it like before before we put out ghost that song was about how like that feel the whole album really the our, our first album was about that yeah um and i was miserable i hated touring i i, I wanted to quit every day but maybe you hated touring because you didn't like life yeah okay yeah no nothing was going to satisfy me like i thought about quitting I thought about all kinds of, of terrible things mm -hmm. and I knew that none of it was going to actually bring me peace um, because it wasn't touring that was doing it. Right. It was, yeah, it was, it was some other problem, but um, writing that song and then putting it out and have, having so many people connect to it and then going back out on stage with this new identity that was really open. Right. I didn't have to pretend to be like cool, confident rock star guy. Cause I didn't feel like that. It was right. an act. Mm -hmm. And then there was no more act anymore. Yeah. Now it's like, however I feel, it doesn't matter. These people will understand. Yeah. Um, and that like changed my whole perspective. And then also like watching other bands, we were supporting certain bands um, that were having a lot of fun touring. Um, it sounds so simple, but like watching other bands have like do it and have fun. Like it's not all work. It's not all business. You can actually like clown around and, and have a good time. Um, and then we started adopting that and, and uh, that changed things too. It's harder when you're like, on the up when you're like climbing from nothing and you're trying to get people to pay attention to you and yeah, it's just and it, it's and such a grind and and the basic needs are hard to fill it's yeah you, to you're like, not making money you have to like drive yourself in a van do all that you're right it's you're just, not sleeping it's hard to get to the show it's hard yeah. to eat it's hard to pay for the broken stuff it's hard to yeah everything costs and the basic needs are not being filled even though like we joke about how anxious we feel on the bus it is the best way to be able to get from one city to another. Oh, for sure. And, you know, function. Yeah. And then also the relationships of everybody involved, like the relationship of the band members. You're not the only one going through that. They're also broke. Right. 
and have, you know, like it's tough. And you, the bills aren't paid at home. The bills aren't paid out on the right. road. Everything's just like a hole. Yeah. So when all that's happening, it's really hard. And then, yeah, like I said, that song came out. We had some success with it. And it, and it wasn't, it really was like way less the success with the song and the fact that we were a little bit more financially secure. It was more on an emotional level. I was going out on stage in front of people as myself for the first time. That oh. felt really good. Uh, and then, and, but I still like, I was still taking Xanax before I played. Mm. I had to, I couldn't get on stage. And and that was also, I was saying. What does Xanax do? I've never actually taken Xanax. It makes the panic attack go away. Okay. Straight I've, up. Like that would have helped me a lot or back in the day. It is so helpful. It's also right. so dangerous. Um, do you get dependent on it if you take oh, too yeah. much? Okay. If you take a little, you'll get dependent on it. It's, okay. it's, yeah, it's quick. I don't know anything about Xanax. I'm completely yeah. on, uh, educated on good stay that. that way you know if, yeah. if you if you've gotten this far without it you don't need it um but i needed it I, well at least i thought i needed it and then i yeah i would never go on stage without taking it even a little bit it was like almost placebo at a certain point because i i'm pretty good about like not but even if you just got a little your I mind ha i had to have felt. something and i always had one in my pocket right oh I okay always had one in my pocket so sometimes during a, a, a song i'd start to feel it i'd start like tunnel vision the whole thing would happen and I would turn around at a, a if I don't didn't have to sing like a vocal break, and I would reach in my pocket and eat it, right on stage. Like wow. this happened all the time. Um, and then after COVID, were the you self prescribing? No, I had a doctor. Okay, okay. Um, for so a little, was, and then okay. I just had. And then you started. Yeah, but I never went overboard with it. Okay, I really didn't. Like surely. In a way, we learn a lot about ourselves a lot faster because we're out there living in like these different situations but then also going on stage and having people you know look at you every night and like mm. clap for you and the emotional relationship yeah. you have with all that i feel like it forces you to go through these like kind of analytical therapeutic exercises all the time because you're like how do i feel before i go on stage i used to get so anxious mm -hmm. so and i wasn't aware of it for so many years i would always feel why am i so edgy before I go on stage. <laughs> like, why am I so uncom like angry or uncomfortable or edgy? Like, it's just a weird, it was yeah. the weirdest experience because that's not who I am. I'm not an edgy like guy to be around in the sense of like, I like everyone in the room to have fun. I like to be happy. Right. I like, but then before stage, I'd get so anxious and I'd be quiet and withdrawn. And I didn't even know that it was anxiety. I didn't know what anxiety was till my mid twenties, late twenties, when I really right. realized, like, oh, that's anxiety. Right. Like I had panic attacks as a kid. It didn't know there were panic attacks. Thought I was almost dying every single time. Same. Yeah. I. I. I when I was um when I first had it, I was a teenager, and I I went to the doctor multiple times saying there's something wrong with my throat there's yeah, it's something closing, wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah it keeps closing i was on prescription pepsid for acid like acid reflux yeah. and all these all these things and yeah nobody and until somebody said it sounds like you're having panic attacks not a doctor it was a friend it was, yeah and then i was like what what and, ah. then, and then it gets so much worse because then you're like no now i know what it is oh man here it comes yeah, again yeah, yeah, exactly and then it's like driving a car that like yeah stalls out on a cliff you know what i mean like that's how it feels like they used to feel like i had no control and once i learned what they were god bless anyone that was dealing with me until i was probably 26 27 because because then i real then i learned actually i didn't it, it's nuts to me 
that I went so long without knowing like what my, what anxiety was when I was having it all the time. Right. And, um, and then on the other side of that, it's like a little depression, a little bit like I'm like a, you know, I was never really deeply depressed, but definitely suffered from like mild depression. Well, they're very post, connected. Post anxiety. When you, know? you, when you panic all the time, it that's, that was, that was what happened to me. I wasn't depressed. I just was super on edge and, and, uh, and having to go through that, it's like a traumatic experience every night. And then as it gets worse and worse and worse, and yeah, that'll make you depressed. Now throw in, make a record. Yeah. Get it all out, right? On record, yeah, talk which about is it. great. Yeah. But then put the record out and then let the world just kind of pick it apart, dismiss it. Yeah. Over all of it. I don't think there's a right way to, to receive art. Because no. for an artist, we kind of feel like we maybe we like hate all of our, our work or I don't know. Well, I could tell but, somebody the right way to receive my art, but that's not necessarily how they're feeling. I could say you're going to you, you think this is the greatest thing you've ever heard in your yeah. entire life. And then they do. And you're like, if they do, no, it's not one. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> no, I hate it, but you love it. Um, well, with our first one, we were it's we were lucky that. We, we like we had success with something that was so true, at least for me, it was so true for me. Uh, there was also no bar set at the time for the first album. We had we had no fan base or very, very little. And so people weren't so quick to like hate on stuff. Now, something I noticed was a very big difference between the first album and the second one. Like the second one we put out, we already had a fan base who was like expecting something. Yeah, they wanted their thing, whatever mm -hmm. their like whatever version of our band that they liked. And if they didn't feel that fulfilled, you know, they're very quick to be a, yep. a critic. That was weird. Yeah, that was my first time experiencing that, and it, it didn't feel good. I'm too sensitive for this business, too. That's Me, too. Thing. Way too sensitive. Me, too. So what do you attribute the change in the um, level of anxiety you feel today versus the maybe in your early 20s? Combination of things. I think the biggest thing is... I just don't have the energy for it anymore. I was going to say that about you. Like when, when you hit 27 or whatever age you said, you, you started like figuring it out and calming down. It's probably a combination of knowing what it is. And also Age. The, your, yeah, your body just going like, we don't have time for this. Yeah. Like we don't have the energy for this. Yeah. I, I think that's really true. I it agree. It took so much out of me to panic the way that I was all the time. It's, it's, it's exhausting. It's so exhausting. And now I think my brain's just like, eh. We'll Think about fine. how much time you gave to focus on in, on that anxiety, that feeling of yeah, panic. impending like doom. When like, you were young, that impending doom. Yeah. Whether it's whether you have the energy or you've evolved to where you're like, I'm not spending my energy on that. And you're choosing to refocus and, and redirect the energy that you would give to that because there is a lot of it that's controllable. But what a lot of people, I think, get into is that they can't control it and that it's hopeless and that it just comes. But there is – you can mo you can moderate your yeah. anxiety. You can you you can learn how to cope with it yeah. and how to modify it and moderate it. Um, and again, like I said, you there's lots of things you can go out there and read. You can listen to now. I mean, obviously now we have – so many different places to go and listen to books, talks, meditations. There's tons of apps. There's app, there's therapy apps. People can go on and like talk to actually 
in an app, talk to someone. So there's a lot of resources out there for people who would otherwise have said, I can't afford therapy. Right. Because I can't go sit with you. Going and sitting with someone every week or FaceTiming with someone, it's a luxury. But there's a lot of resources now where people can go and like work on it. Start to like drill in on it. You don't have to spend the money on a therapist necessarily to be able to fix yourself. You can find the growth. And also sometimes even that doesn't work. Right. I think um, because people ask me this a lot. I mean, I, I obviously I talk about anxiety and depression and stuff, and I feel like your fans, especially, yeah, one of the things that they connect with in your songwriting is that relationship you have with yourself and how yeah. openly you are sharing what you're going, what you're going through, um, is not something that everyone does. You, you obviously, like you guys are one of those bands that have fans that relate to the emotional experience you're having as the storyteller um and that's part of the personality and the like what makes the music good is there's not there is like a really brutal honesty to it that's kind of at times it can feel dark but it feels super honest yeah feels like that's how we all feel at the depths of who we are sometimes we feel that happy that uh that confident but also like that wretched that dark, that sad. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's an, it's, it is kind of like the real, to me, like a real true, like rounded human experience. Yeah. I appreciate that. Cause that's exactly what I want it to be. It's, it's, it's all of them. It's, you're one of the f- people that nail it. Oh, thank you. You nail it. Like, that means a lot. Which is so, it just says to me, honesty. Yeah. Because we all have those depths as well as those highs. We can all feel the highest level of joy. Even if even if someone's out there listening saying, no, I never feel joy. You certainly do at some point in some place have felt yeah. that highest level of joy because you're a human being. Yeah. Maybe it, maybe something in your life happened. and But to know that you have, and even if you've forgotten it, to, it says to me you can get back to there. Yeah. But there is like the other side of it that I relate to as well of feeling that anger that sadness, the darkness, the if wretchedness, I say that, like it's, it's a very specific word, but it does feel like that's how we look at ourselves sometimes when yeah. we're in those moments. And it feels like like a hopeless, dark, oh, it's completely worthless, hopeless, yeah. you know what I mean? Well, I was going to say a couple of things about that. Like one is when I've been in that that mindset and, and uh, if anybody asks me for advice, which I don't, I don't think I'm qualified to give advice, but I'll give it. I think you are. Um, it, it feels like this is forever. Like when you're in whatever that state is that you're trying to get out of, it doesn't feel like it's ever going to go away. You get stuck in it. And then even you're right in saying you have all these resources, you have apps, you have these things to help you you cope. When I heard somebody say that when I was in my state, I, I would think that's great. Uh, what am I going to just cope forever? Am I just going to have to like put on these apps all the time and just like is it going to make it like moderately better, but I'm still going to be miserable? What I found was it, when you do get better and you get past that point, it's like, it's easy. It, you build momentum in it. Yeah. And then it's, and then like, once you're in it, I mean, even now we're talking about anxiety and I, I write about it a lot. So it's easy for me to articulate, but I, I can't really, I almost can't relate to that feeling now that I've been out of it for so long. It feels foreign to me feels like I'm describing somebody else's life because it's so much different now in a way that I never thought it would be. And, uh, and that's, I think that's like the most comforting thing I wish that somebody would have told me that like, not just, Hey, 
you can like slowly get out of this and eventually you'll, you'll be able to cope and deal with it. Cause that, that doesn't sound positive to me. Like I need to get past it. I need to like, feel like it doesn't exist. And that's, that's how it can feel when you're out of it. But there's some, there's obviously something in you that is driven because you make things right. So you understand like you could make a song, finish it, have the joy, the joy of listening to it afterwards and go, Oh, that, that I like that. I, I'm happy with what I did there. It feels complete. I can put this out, putting it out. There's a process there for like success mm-hmm. on any level that like, I think as artists and creators, we take for granted that that's what we do all the time. Right. And I think that like, and I'm just saying this like objectively, like for everyone listening. Yeah. So a lot of people listening are not artists. They maybe wish they were, maybe they want to be, maybe they're trying to be, or maybe they are on any different level, but there are people out there that just listen to music and they love music and they relate to the creative side of music, but they haven't fully flexed their creative muscles. I do think there's some, there is a, there's a relationship with creating things and completing them and putting them out. And, and as a model of like success Mm -hmm. that also we model, it gives us kind of more of a hope, even as pessimistic and dark as we can be as artists, it gives us some kind of hope that it's worth while to do. And so I always wonder for the people that don't have that, Mm -hmm. right. They don't have that model to like, it's kind of like going to the gym every day and you can lift a little bit more weight. That's kind of how I met the metaphor I use for people when I'm trying to like encourage someone to keep trying. Cause like it it can be, um, you could take three steps forward, two steps back. Still feels terrible taking the two steps back, but you're still one step ahead of where you were. Right. Three more steps forward, one step back. That little incremental progress is always worth it. And that is kind of how it works. It's not like not overnight. Right. No, I'm not saying it's overnight, by the way. No, I know. I'm just saying um, whatever the process is to get there, and that may be three steps forward, two steps back, three, yep. or it may be some kind of a leap, whatever it is. Once you're there, it doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel as like, like you have to grit your teeth and like flex your muscles to maintain it anymore. You get farther, it, far enough out from it where you can yeah, look back Yeah, when you look back it. on it, you're like, I can't believe that was, that like plagued my life That's so where I was. And knowing that, that it can be that, like you can get past it that far. I wish somebody had told me that that was like, what, Do you have I don't any- even know what steps I took exactly. I can, I can maybe try to figure it out. Like, oh, here's what I did. Um, it certainly wasn't like paying for a therapist. It wasn't anything specific. It was a combination of things, but you probably just like kept leaning in a direction. Yeah. But, but once I was there, like when I was in that state, I wish somebody had told me like, once you're there, you're going to like laugh at your, like, you're going to think about how, like how stressed out you were and how much you were panicking. And it's like, you're not going to relate to that guy anymore because you're going to be so far past that. And, but you also, you also kind of love him. No, I do. Yeah. Cause he's like, but if somebody so told me that, that would be more, it would be more inspiring to want to figure out what those steps were rather than, cause I thought when you're in that like impending doom state, you're like, okay, yeah, maybe I can do things to cope, but, but I'm, I'm always going to be flexing to just to stay alive. Yeah. You never think that you're going to get so far ahead of it that you're like, oh no, like life is good. I'm coasting. Like I'm, it's good now. And I may, and I, I've said this many times, I may end up back in that state. I've been past it and back to it before. Um, that's all right. If if I like now that I've been here and I I know what it can feel like, it just it it informs like 
It makes it so much better, so much easier. It's funny. And I'm old and tired, and I just don't I don't think I could even I don't think my heart could race as fast as it used to, even if I tried. It's funny. You're not old, but you're experienced. So I think I feel you, feel, you feel old. Yeah. Um coming from an old old guy. You're not old. But I'm a lot older than you, my friend. Um Oh, so all all that I'm saying is I actually think there's one thing that we all need, and I always talk about this, and it's like one of the probably corniest things that I talk about that I really believe in is a cheerleader. Mm. So it's like one person that keeps cheering you on. I've always had it. Mm. Have my brother. Yeah. Built in. I think that's the key to my life. My life's happiness has been like having a built-in partner who's always cheered me on. We can do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's go do that. All right. Let's do it. Or when you're down, oh, it'll be okay, man. Just keep, you know, like having that. Um, and then obviously I got married to a, 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 amazing person who over 16 years now we've been together that like, that is a constant. I don't think you could be with someone long-term if they're not a cheerleader for you. Right. And I absolutely think that people miss that sometimes in as a, like a trait of like a partner. They say like your friend, someone that makes you laugh, someone that loves you, mm -hmm. also someone that cheers you on constantly always yeah. and also you cheer on yeah cheerleaders i would do you I, have one? i would agree yes good yeah i do that's great is your band your cheerleaders too yeah your support system yeah yeah, yeah. And yeah you we, guys we, like... we cheerlead each other a lot but we're also probably not the same way that you and your brother are we're also kind of like depending on the situation yeah. we can we can be like hard on each other people would probably like not buy it if they saw how overly supportive me and my brother are of each other just like but yeah. i think we had to be yeah i think it's just like coming up with nothing and yeah that was all we had we had each other yeah you did impossible stuff yeah like things that you're that you're not supposed to be able to yeah do. i think and that you ever think about that like i'm not supposed to be able to no. do what i have done it, apps all the time any everyone probably did tell you you're you're insane and everyone what you're did. trying to do is really dumb. And everyone and did, and no one, and and that's the thing is like, how could they care? Mm. They're they're so busy taking care of their own lives. That's the other thing I try to tell artists and people in general is no one's going to care about your dream. Yeah. And when someone does, it's gold. Yeah. But at the end of the day, everyone's just trying to survive. Everyone's trying to raise their families, pay their bills. Yeah. Figure their own shit out. And I, I think that we live in a world now with social media that like we, it feels like everyone cares because they're commenting, but dude, they're commenting when they're on a break, they're like on a cigarette break at work yeah. or they're like on the toilet or something. They, and, and half the time they're commenting for themselves. For, for themselves. Attention. And they, they don't want even, to like, yeah, the they're just trying yeah, yeah. to get like yeah, a, yeah. a little bit of like a, like a say something that feels in, whether it's good or bad, they're saying it pointed to get like reshared or yeah. to like stand out in the echo chamber of comments. And like, I always tell people like, no one cares and not in a bad way, not in a good way. Yeah. Everyone is focused on themselves. Yeah, it's so true. And you have to focus on yourself. You have to take care of yourself. But like, I'm early days, no one understood what we were trying to do. Yeah. But when people did get, you know, when people were supportive and they did, and, and as you, as we went along, more people were, you, 
it it's it it's gold. You appreciate it, but at the end of the day, like you go through all the cycles of different phases of your career, and at each cycle, you're trying to do something new that no one cares about. Right? No one ever cares. It's true. That's Until, what you should call the podcast. No one cares. No one cares. Smoke your vape. No one cares. <laughs> but I think that I think that what my point is is not to deflate people from like I I get feeling like you need everyone to care. You don't. You need to care about yourself. Yeah. You need to fuck with your with what you're doing. You need to be the one that fucks with it. You need to believe. And that's what I always gut check is do I think this is cool? Do I like this? Do I want to do this? Then I'm doing it. Yeah. And regardless of the result, regardless of how big or small it will feel, um, and that's kind of what I've like learned to double down on in life period is like if I really love it. And then when you do get that support system, that cheerleader, whatever, you really do appreciate it. And those people become people you you give the same thing back to. You end up right, you know, but how do you handle uh when you really love something and it's not received? by the world in the way that you think it should be? Good question. I used to get really disappointed because I have, but then I realized I was, I was looking outward for a feeling that I could only give myself. Yeah. You were looking for validation yep. in places that now you should never expect validation. Yep. Yeah. Now I truly, I don't want to say I don't care because I think that's not true. Mm. I really appreciate it when people do. When now these days, it, it, it's fewer and far between that I do things that are out there for the for people to comment on. You know, um, the first choice is: Do I like this? My process is a little different. It's a little slower now. So now it's like I don't need to make stuff and do stuff all the time. Like I felt like I used to really need that. I really did. Like I, I felt and we had a lot of fans and they were very vocal so it felt good yeah but on the same token it felt bad when they were like suddenly disappointed in something and you're like i didn't mean to and you'd get really upset because i'd be like man i didn't mean to upset you i was just trying to be me do you ever feel like see this is what i struggle with too i i'm so i was so certain about my identity at, at a point when I wasn't influenced because I didn't have a fan base. It was so much easier because I didn't have anybody else like You're telling me who I'm supposed to cool. be. Yeah, I simply did what I liked. Yep. And uh, I'm still in that right now where I, I, I have to, I mean, I live out on a farm in the middle of nowhere and I'm actually not on the internet as much as it seems like I am. So that helps because then I'm just, it's That's just probably me. why your shit is good. But when I do tap back into the real world, like right, right now I'm on tour and I'm like, seeing people constantly. I see the effect that my band has had on people. I see these types of people pretty cool. and, and they, it's very cool, but then they have an effect on me and now I want to please them. And I, and I forget who I am. That's okay though. I think that's part of the process. I think that you, you go through it and then at the end you go home to the farm mm. and you unpack all of it. And some of it you keep and some of it you're like, you know what? I, I, I don't think like that. I, th I think, I think it's good. I think that you can't try to, make sense of all of it in the moment. I think you have to just go through it and yeah. then you get back to your, like your, your grounded place where you're like on the farm, where you create, where you're, you know, where you live your real life. Yeah. And you kind of unpack all those things and like, they all find a place. I think it makes you better for it. I hope so. I, I don't feel that yet. 
I don't feel it yet, but I think I think you're right. I think I should and I will. Um, this is this, this building is my farm. Is when it? I come here, this is where I can like. Where's your horses? There's no horses. It's just a building in Burbank, but it's a, my. If it feels safe, I come here and I can like s- slow down and unpack everything and decide like what what makes right. sense of it. But my process now to to finish what we were talking about. My process now is different than it was. Now I make a decision on what I want to do and if I like it, and I just do it. Mm. And then everything else is bonus. Anybody that like I just did that that this TV show, um, Ink Masters. Saw that. I really like the show. I watched the show with my kids. They call that got like, the opportunity to do the show. I loved the I loved doing the show. That was a great it was a great um it was a great um one opportunity for me to go back out and do something in the world that I felt I cared about, like authentically was interested in. Um, That was not music. It was completely no music conversation at all, but still a little creative because it, it, because I was, you know, judging tattoos, but I really like was into doing it and enjoyed it. And I did it. And I had no idea what people would think. Obviously, you think about that. You're going to, when, when you, at least me, when I go on TV, I'm like, what are people going to think? I mean, yeah. they could make fun of me. I don't know. I, that's that's yeah. how I think. But I just, I really loved it. I enjoyed every second of it. I loved who I was working with. I had such a good time and um, walked away from that experience. Uh, likely, you know, whether we do it another season or not, um, likely, you know, probably will. Um, I just love that. But that being said, I, I, I've left the kind of success of the show the shows done well. And there's definitely like a fan base out there that loves the show. And mm-hmm. some of them like me and some of them, I don't think, think they like the old host and they like the way it was. Mm-hmm. So that's expected, I guess. Demoitis. Yeah. Or, or, but, but also like they got emotionally attached to sure. people that were good at it. So, um, I just kind of have to like be like, let I I just kind of like make room for everyone to be there. And if they don't like it, cool. Uh, I can laugh with them too. And I can, you know, like, like it, at the end of the day, it's super light because it's just entertainment. Right. We're not saving anyone's life, you know? And that's why I think I enjoyed it so much is with music. It feels a little heavier. Yeah. Cause you, there's, you really are actually like, at least your band and my band have Mm. this relationship with our fans, you're giving them a certain nutrition that they didn't, that they're not getting somewhere else. Right. There's an emotional support. There's a, you're unpacking things that they've been through as well. Yeah. And you're analyzing things that you went through in a way that is therapeutic for them to deal with it. But all, you know, like when they listen to that song where you're confessing and you're, and you're, you're opening up, you're talking about something that they've been through and they haven't been able to maybe work it out or they're in the process of working it out or maybe they haven't been able to make sense of it and now they can. We're making sense of things that people are going through and talking about it in a way that they can digest right? and that they can meditate on while they listen. It's a whole, it is absolutely like a therapeutic exercise and a service to people that need it. That's how I feel. That's how I felt with Good Charlotte. I felt we were we had a responsibility, yeah, to 
to share. Yeah. And it was like the more with each record, more people would would share with us what they'd been through. It's some worse than what we've been through. You know, some people have been through some horrible shit. And they they listen to your song and it helps them make sense yeah. of that horrible experience. That to me is the power of like emotional music. Yeah. And it it's not it's we all talk about it. But it's not actually given I think by like the professional community would acknowledge music helps. Yeah. But I don't actually think that it's given like the 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 maybe the credit it deserves to like as a part of the conversation for people's personal growth and people's, you know, mental right. health and all that. But I think that you whether you have I, I know you know, but our bands in particular very specifically there's a little bit of weight with that that you carry around forever now. Yeah. Whether you meant to on that first record, right, or not. That's absolutely true. You got the weight. It's been given to you and a good person never puts it down, right? Like we you you so there is there's some ownership of it that you take, which you have. I've seen you. You know, I understand like where you're coming from, but like it also should be acknowledged like you're definitely carrying a weight. Some artists are not carrying that weight. Their music is party music or their music is yeah. this music, but like you're actually carrying a weight for a group of people that are looking for that every time. Right. They're coming back to the source for that certain, you know, that it's an actual like function in their life of how they like continue to make sense of and process what they've been through. Right. It's true. That's very true. Pretty cool. And heavy. Cool. And nobody teaches you how to deal with that. No. There or is, talks about it. There is no course. There is there's no rule book. All you can do is have conversations like this. Like, yeah. oh, you've had you felt this weight before. How did you handle it? Because sometimes that weight is really felt. Yeah. Especially when you spend some time on social media and you get to actually constantly like hear from these people. Yeah. And you find some things in your DMs that are scary. It's You're tough. Like, How do I handle this? Who do I send this to? Do I respond? Is that going to make it worse? Like, what do I do? That stuff happens a lot. Yeah. Um, and it's tough. And we're qualified to, to write the songs and to provide this community for sure, because we have the feelings and we know how to articulate them. We're not qualified for anything beyond that, though. Yeah. I don't think I am. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah. I'm qualified to share what I've been like. Yeah, yeah how that's I, it. And, and I, I also think people are listening and you'll have fans who are listening. Certainly there are people who maybe aren't aware of your band that will get it, that will hear this. And I think we share a similar kind of audience in a way, mm -hmm. like in that, in that on, uh, as far as people that are looking towards music as like emotional, that, that they, they're looking for an emotional experience when they listen to music. Um, I think like we have similar fans like that. Um, and, um, I think all I can do is share my experience so that we can relate to one another and then also share the things that I've done to like continually to grow and to work through the, the tougher stuff. And I think that, that, I mean, that's all I'm qualified to do. I'm definitely, there have definitely been times where people have reached out and shared some gnarly stuff. And all I could say is, look, I really think you should get professional yeah. help. Yeah. I feel like I can't, you know, 
I can't offer you anything beyond that. that. I actually think you should get professional help, you know? Yeah. Um, but my, my stance on it has always been, I have all the questions. Yeah. Just like you. I don't have a single answer. I don't know. There's some answers. But now, now is a little bit different. Yeah. Uh, now maybe I do have some answers. I don't know if I'll write about those answers because. What do you do instead of Xanax now? Adderall. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> What's that like? The I've never, by the way, I've drug. never done that either. Oh, it's the best. Don't do it. I hear that. Yeah, it's great. I hear it's good. Well, no, actually, I, I, I'm, I'm not trying to promote drug use, but I realized that it, ADD was a big part of my, ADD is of anxiety. crazy, dude. So it, it wasn't, I, I think there's so many of these, like, these problems and some of them I wish that they didn't all have names because sometimes it's just like, oh, you could just be lazy. You could just be like whatever. But there's but, a spectrum of yes. stuff. Yeah, so I realized that a lot of why I was panicking was my my brain was going a little bit too fast and I couldn't keep up with it. And I had ideas and I had things going on and I had worries and whatever. And um, I couldn't like grab any of them. And so it's just like this perpetual. So that helps me focus. And I realized I don't, I don't, uh, I don't have nearly as much anxiety when that's sort of like right when I can narrow that when I can when a thought can pop up and I should, I can go like that yeah and grab it and go okay let's you focus can on really this direct your yeah. attention at something versus what I also think anxiety can be like misdirected energy yeah and attention on the wrong thing like people who are creative have these incredible imaginations and, and anxiety is like I mean that's the fuel for anxiety is a great imagination. Sure. Um, True. You know what I mean? True. And so if you're focusing your imagination on the wrong thing, of course, it's going to be a panic attack yeah. versus focusing it on something. Of course, it's going to you're going to write a song. Of course, you're going to paint right. something. Of course, you're going to do something creative if you're uh, if you can direct it. But we don't have the um, a lot of the kind of the, the levers to pull to understand how to direct it. Yeah. And that's why I think things like maybe you know, for the right people, Adderall can be really. Yeah. Well, that's, that, that's how I knew it made I've sense. I've never because, done it. I don't know what it feels well, like, but was, I'm ADD through the roof though. I, yeah. I was told that Adderall can cause anxiety and that was like right. why I didn't want to take it. But when I found it was the opposite, that's kind of when I, I'm not trying to self-diagnose necessarily, but I was like, okay, this is, <clears throat> this is kind of more of my core problem. But you do it in moderation? Yeah, I do it. I mean, I, again, I'm prescribed it. I don't, yeah, I'm not. Oh, I'm there you go. You got, you got the Talk to a doctor. Did, did yeah. Um, talk to a doctor. Talk kids. to a doctor. Uh, Do you microdose? Like mushrooms? Yeah. No. Oh wow. I used to macrodose. Oh okay. When I was younger. Um, Different thing. No, Different I know, thing. I know. I've and I've, it's something I've been interested in doing too. I just I never had good experiences when I was younger. I still did it because they were like I self-diagnosed and self-prescribed microdosing for myself. Great. Can you? Can you diagnose for me too? It seems like you're qualified now. I could probably say if you've ever had um, anxiety, depression, anything in the world of that, I believe that microdosing is the future of that, of, of, of helping it, or certainly one of the things that I think is going to help people heal. Yeah. I think it actually, I, I, from my experience, my brain feels different. Yeah. Well, I've heard a lot of people have this experience and, and, and I'm not stuck on it. I don't do it all the time. Right. I just did it, you know. Well, when I did it, I, I mean, I used to do lots of drugs when I was younger, but that in particular, I, I always had a bad experience, always had a horrible trip. But when I was over it, I was like, I, ha I, I have to do that again. Cause I felt different. 
I felt different yeah. in a way that I liked. You like did I, so too I much. Felt, I always felt like I leveled up in some way. Like nope. I learned something, even if I couldn't articulate it. There's something about it like drew me to it. So I I fully believe that. Um, That'll be the problem with mushrooms, psilocybin is is people doing too much. Yeah. The if it it's really about the the small dose. So when you're microdosing, are you are you having an experience, or is it so little that it's like? It's so little and subtle. Right. It's just a mood lift. Sure. But over time, if you do it in a cycle, so let's say you do uh, three days on, three days off, or three days on, four days off, four days on, three days off, however you work sure. out, your, you have to kind of feel it a little bit, but you also have to be responsible and like it's a little. It's like 75 to 100 to 150 milligrams, somewhere in there. And I don't know how to measure it. Like, I don't know how to measure it either, but they, they back in my they, day, it was like two caps and a stem. <laughs> right. I, I never did mushrooms. I never right. was like a tripper. Right. So I've never actually tripped, but I guess I'm, when I was microdosing, I was tripping a little bit, maybe. Sure. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's yeah. psychedelic. Yeah. So, but I felt, but I was, I was pretty um, focused on wanting to have the, a therapeutic experience of like what is this i've heard from this person and that person and that person that i trust that yeah. this is a game changer um and i was already kind of in a good place with i was i i've i've i got to a really good place with with all the things that the things i've done to like continually work on my personal growth and my my mental health and all that so i i was already in a good place so that might also be a factor if you're right. you, you already have that momentum um i would say so i would say that's probably very important but i was very focused on like trying to figure out like what my program is so three days on three days off is where i started mm -hmm. and it ended up being three days on four days off because i really actually felt a, like a like a after effect after the three days when i microdose the four days after would feel um really clear and really? great not to say you're not clear when it's it's not dramatic when you do it if you do a, if you do yeah, a yeah, true yeah. microdose yeah, yeah it's not dramatic it's very small but um is there um i felt like i got more brain bandwidth who so who's who's leading the charge on this like in the medical field somebody's got to be there like, are de a, a bunch of different people are you know there's, uh, I believe it's like Stanford or Harvard or Yale, yeah. giving it the, all this giving research. Giving it the research that it deserves. Yeah, finally. So it's there's not a just lot of information out there on psilocybins, but I'll tell you the the downside, the the thing that's going to be tough is if it becomes more available and legal in places, you're going to also hear about people doing too many and yeah, yeah, tripping yeah. out, and like that's the danger of it. Is that's the part that's hard to to know where do we because alcohol is the same alcohol is terrible it's terrible it's poison yeah. and you do too much and you do crazy things we're just yeah. used to that yeah you're the the problem with our kind of information flow and the way information is weaponized is one person's gonna go and do too much and trip out and do something crazy and then everyone's gonna go oh i can't do those but we see drunk drivers killing people and, and all the, the bad effects right. and of alcohol. Still drinks. And everyone yeah. still drinks because they're used to it's that. It's socially acceptable. It's socially yeah. acceptable. Um, I think cannabis is probably the safest one. Yeah. For people who like smoke too much, they usually just stay inside and they yeah, don't. They're the safest people ever. Um, but I've never used too much. So I don't know what that 
major psychedelic trip feels like. Um, But if it feels, if it, but the, the subtleness of a microdose is it's a mood. It's really is mood altering. It it, it lifts your mood to see the world a little bit. It it shifts your, if you're having like, let's say people wake up in the morning and they struggle with like how they see the world. And maybe people don't even know how they, maybe, maybe most people don't even check in on that. Like, Hey, how do I wake up every morning? Most people don't check in on that. Like, how do I feel yeah. about the world when I wake up? Do I feel like it's a it's a, a a place full of opportunity and abundance and people who like me? Or do I look at it as a place where the sky is falling and everything's falling apart and I can't keep up and no one likes me and nothing happens good for me? Those are perspectives that we choose. That's not... Re- the reality is probably in the middle where yeah. things work out and some things don't. Yeah. But we choose to go down one path or the other. If we go down the path of, I think the world is a good place where I make friends and people like me and there's opportunity all the time to do things I love. Um, we will see evidence of that every every day we go out. Yeah. If we choose to see the world as a, the opposite, we'll see evidence of that. Yeah. I don't think most people think they have a choice. And that's what I think the microdosing does is it it actually you become more aware that you do have a choice right and you see it clearly and you kind of just it's it's very subtle but it's very now real. if you do you think if you or or anyone was in like leaning towards the the negative the glass half half empty kind of thing and then also microdose and realize they had a choice do you think somebody would be even more inclined to choose the negative i think like, do you think it's always a positive thing or I, could it go wrong Here's what I think. I actually do think that it's doing something to your neuropathways. Mm-hmm. So I think that any kind of growth and healing, like when it when a cut heals, or when something new, it, 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 when you build muscle, I actually think that all growth in us it inherently evokes a positive feeling, mm-hmm. whether we want it or not. So I actually think that part of what it's doing is healing our brains. And so therefore, I think that it actually shifts you to the positive. Doesn't mean it relieves all stress. It doesn't mean if you're, not, if you're working through a problem, it's not stressful. Right. It gives you the a little bit of an edge to approach that problem with a little more positive, with a bit more right. of a, I think this will work out. I'm going to, I really do. I think that it, it, because I actually think that it is physically healing something. And I think when something physically is changing, like a cut is healing or muscle is growing, whether we realize it or not, that's why exercise, any kind of healing and growth is it, it causes us to be more pot to see the world in a more positive way inherently, right? Whether we choose to or not, I actually have this stuff here. They're not a sponsor. I just like put this this here. No, this is actually a, um, this is not psilocybin. This is like a natural, the other mushrooms that have the properties of some of the properties, but that are FDA approved. I think this company, when psilocybin's become legal, they'll do proper uh, microdosing. But this is, these drinks have some of the same kind of, give you a similar feeling as a microdose, supposedly. It's different for everyone. Great. Do your own research. 
But I, I like, I, I, I wanted to put these here because I love talking about, in particular, I do think that microdosing is going to yeah. change the world. Hell yeah. And it's the one thing I tell when I, if a friend asks me, like, if a friend reaches out and says, I'm going through like, I'm like depression or anxiety or whatever. One of the things I tell them is you should check out. Yeah. You should microdose. You should check it out. Yeah, I mean, you're not Do the your first own research, that I've but heard this from. I've been hearing it for a while. Talk to your therapist. Talk to your doctor. Some will, some would not agree. Yeah, like again, there's a it's it absolutely there's room for the argument that like people can't control how much they do, or it can be dangerous for some. I don't know. I don't know if it can or can or I'm sure anything can be anything in not in moderation is bad. But I think most things that are generally accepted in society are probably worse than the idea of yeah this. like things things that help you with anxiety things whatever unless it's straight up like behavioral therapy yeah any medication is bad i don't even support adderall at all i'm not i take it but I, i'm not like a i'm not like an adderall stan that's exact for me i am not into telling people what to do right either i i hate I do not want to be drawn into any conversation where I have to tell people like what I think they should do. All I can share is what I'm yeah, doing that's worked for me. And it might not work for you. I'm not telling you what's the answer. Um, but these drinks are cool. They're not the same. Yeah. Um, exactly. But they are very similar. It like honestly, on the on the days I don't microdose, a lot of times I'll take one of these and it and it feels very similar. Cool. Pretty cool. You, you can vegan. take one. You can have it. Yeah, I will. They're at Air One. My oh, they're at Air One. My favorite store. Of course. So you paid eight hundred dollars for this bottle? It was eighty dollars. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, I love you know, Air One too. It's so expensive. Man. It's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. Yeah, but like everybody dies. Stuck in the nineties. They'll die. Everyone will die. <laughs> yeah, that's I hope. The truth. Let's hope like the most powerful people who we don't want to be in power don't figure out uh, like endless life and hog it to themselves and just like, because that's what will happen. Like if we figure out how to live forever, it's not just gonna be like, all right, everybody live for it. Like that, that would. It's not everybody's gonna get to. It's yeah, just it gonna be. It would, it would destroy people everything. With money. It's gonna be people with the most money. It's gonna be yeah. the worst people. Yeah. And such a shame. I'd like to live forever. I don't really, mm. but like I do. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't want to die. Hundred years is good for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think a hundred years is good if everybody else I care about also lives the same amount of time. Yeah. I feel good about that. It's either like hundred a hundred and everybody lives to a hundred, or like if everyone dies in, in like the eighties, it's like I'll go with them or forever. My my hope is that it's a hundred, but that science has progressed where those last twenty years are vit, vit, the vitality right. is real to be able to still work, which I right. like enjoy doing. You know, you never want to retire. You don't imagine yourself ever like not working. I feel like I'm. I feel a bit retired hmm. because I looked. I always looked at touring and and pr promoting. Right. Records, as long as you're not like, doing that, anything else is like a side thing. Yeah. You know, I think, I, well, even it's un, 
it it would be dishonest to say I would never make a record again and never tour again. But to do it, I don't know that we'll ever go back to what we were doing. I think that was like amazing. It was an incredible experience for over a decade of doing it and to, to, with guys I love. Um, but I could never see us out for 10 months, 12 months, or even we were we were gone. I mean, 10, 11 months a year, we were gone all the time. So yeah. I just could never imagine going back to that at my age. Yeah. Well, and also with the, I mean, you have roots. You have it's kids, a young man's game, you know? Yes, it is. But like, could we go do a tour? Yes. Would be fun. But yeah, so this part of my career, I don't feel like I'm retired, but I'm retired from, yeah, I don't know, yeah, traveling. Right. All the time. Well, do you ever think you'd retire, retire? Like, not going to take any new opportunity? No. no. Yeah, you're just always going to go. Yeah, I, don't, I, I enjoy. See, I don't, I don't know how I feel about it yet. I think, I, th- I think now I will be done with everything. But when I'm retired, but I'll never, you know, you're right. I'll never stop working. You're too. You I'll never bored. stop working. You I'll, get bored. I have to do creative stuff every day. I just don't know that I could call it working because I don't really care. I, I'm hoping to like make the majority of my money at a certain age and then be like, all right, I don't care about it anymore. I don't need to live a certain way. Um, I want to live like this and I'm actually set. I'm good. I don't need to like be a go-getter when it comes to money. But now I can do other fulfilling things. You have things the base like, to to, yeah, yeah. to do what you love which which uh, or explore other things you like, yeah. right? That to me is like always the goal is like continue to be able to do things that I'm interested in, that I love, um, and feel like I'm productive. Yeah. Like what I love about MDDN, it feels like there's a lot of stuff going on that I get to participate in. I get to add value to. Right. I get to, you know, what I do in particular is different than what they do. He does that. So when I, when I get involved, I can, it feels like I can, I can actually affect something in my way. Um, and I'm a part of a bigger team that all are effective in different ways. And it feels really like cool to be a part of like an organization. Yeah. Um, but it's also not all hinging on me. Like I'm not the lead singer. I'm a part of a group that's really good at what they do and like continually evolving to get better. Everyone's always striving to be better. And I feel like I'm just a part of a team that I like love. That is a different experience than maybe what I had in my music career. Right. Even though this is still kind of a, a chapter of my music career, it's because it's in music, but yeah, but so, I'm not so the lead different. singer. So I'm not the focus. I'm the yeah, another yeah. team member who gets to be on the crew, right? Helping, you know, be a part of these a bunch of the different things. That's a, such a different experience, and so it's such a gratifying experience. It's like a joyful, fun experience. Very cool. What's next? You guys are show tonight. Yep, gonna show the next night. Shows. Record. Shows, uh, yeah, we're riding on the bus, yeah. which is new. Cool. It's fun. It's hard. But uh, doing that, we're going to Europe for all of December. We're home oh, wow. right before Christmas. Oh, great. Yeah. And then off for a little while? Finish the record? For a little. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Finish the record. Uh, at least a single and like some potentials, <laughs> some potential others to come out soon after. It's and good. a tour. It's good. It's containable. Yeah. You can actually digest that. Yeah. Good dude, thanks for coming on. Absolutely, thanks for having me. See you tonight. See you tonight.